0: Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name's David Austin, and sitting across from me, as always, in a beautiful seafoam green top, My beautiful, blushing bride, Londa Joanne Sherwood-Austin, and I'm pretty excited about this week's show.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to get into it.
0: Well, we've had an exciting last couple of weeks. We were in Washington for a week. We came back to Louisiana. We opened the office. We didn't open it. We got the keys to the Envoy office in Lafayette, Louisiana. Right. Right. So things are moving forward at a breakneck pace. And we're thrilled to be able to talk to you guys about it all right here, right now on The Session with Londa and David, brought to you each week by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. If you're looking to grow your income and success, Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants can help you find your sweet spot. Whether you're hoping to increase sales, grow your team, or get your bottom line back in shape, you owe it to yourself to reach out to Londa today at 509 509 491-2663, that number one more time, 509-491-2663. With over 40 years of combined sales training, coaching, and management success, Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants is the right team to call. That number one last time, 509-491-2663. Call or text Londa today. It's a great time to be in business. Why not be in business with us?
1: Nice. (laughs) Yeah. And a really great track record. I don't think, I can't think of a client I've ever worked with that has said, "Oh, ooh, wasn't worth the time or the money."
0: That's absolutely true. You, yeah, you have coached people who have decided to get out of sales.
1: Yes, as a result they of your to, coaching, yeah. because they they came to kind of a, a awakening moment, right. in our coaching, mm-hmm. and said, "Oh my gosh, this is not for me."
0: And that and, uh,
1: okay, coach and, him up or coach him out, right. I guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's something that you've talked about in coaching in yeah. the past. You don't lead them to something; you let them lead you to something. Yeah, and that I, causes better better growth. It's kind of like
1: opening doors, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're going into, um, let's say, you're VIP at a concert, sure, and you're being led in to where you're going to be you know, watching the concert, Mm -hmm. generally someone is taking you there and they're, they're walking you through the doors and they're getting you through all the passages and they're getting you to where you need to be because they know the way. Uh, but you know, you need them there to open the doors and that's, that's kind of like what I do with, with coaching.
0: That's interesting. And hearing you say it's like going backstage and you're leading people through all the doors reminds me of the topic you and I have talked about offline for the last week and a half. Oh, halfway. And that is the Oscar slap heard around the world. Yep. Where uh, Chris Rock made a joke about G.I. Jane 2 looking at Jada Pinkett Smith, who was sitting in the front row with a crew cut. Um, and then Will Smith... After laughing, jumped out of a seat, walked up on stage, and slapped Chris Rock in the face. Mm-hmm. Shocking.
1: Absolutely.
0: And the stories. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And the stories coming out of the Oscars since then have mm-hmm. been uh, just a crazy grab bag jumble of information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And misinformation, I bet.
1: Oh, for Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. You know, um, one thing that I've heard since the slap Mm -hmm. was, um, a couple of the comedians who were actually hosting the show Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. come out, you know, saying things like Will Smith's behavior was disgusting and, uh, the Oscars allowing them to, allowing him to stay there in the front row Mm -hmm. was gross, I think is what one of the comedians said. Um, They also have used the word trauma, and um, one of them said she was still traumatized one week after the the event. Um, Hearing those words, um, do you think we've come to a more uh, 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 grown-up place of understanding about abuse, about um, uh, uh, workplace safety, and all those things?
1: Um, I think... Yes, today more than ever, mm-hmm. we're more willing to talk about mental health, right? Um, and the impact of what happens to us, right? Um, in the workplace, and uh, Chris Rock has talked in the past about um, being in therapy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, his words, being growing up to be a doormat, right? Um, and letting people kind of walk all over him because of the way that he was raised and Mm -hmm. and trauma in his Mm -hmm. childhood. And, and you learn, you just, you know, um, when people are abusive to you, you learn to make yourself as small as possible and, uh, not make any waves and stiff upper lip and on with the show.
0: It's, it's interesting. I think
1: that, I think that is, that is what happened. Um, and, uh, I have lots of thoughts. I'm kind of getting a little flooded in my brain. Well, well let, me ask, so let me ask. Let me ask you some pointed it.
0: questions about it, then. Okay. That way, you don't have to have all your thoughts sure. right there. Right. Um, one thing you said to me offline when we were talking about this was, you said exactly what he did is what battered spouses do. After they've been abused. Explain that to me.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm watching all this and I'm I'm watching all the news around it. And I thought, and all of a sudden I thought, oh my God, this is why battered people, people in domestic violence situations, Mm -hmm. male or female, right? Do not um, press charges. Maybe don't even report it maybe don't leave. You know, people say, well, why didn't they leave? Well, I I think the same question could be asked in this situation. Why didn't Chris Rock fight back? Why didn't he walk off stage? Why didn't he press charges? Why didn't he have him arrested when he had the opportunity, which we can talk about in a moment? And, And the answer to those questions, we don't know. And I want to be clear about that. But the answer to any of those questions could be... Mm-hmm. He's his, his childhood pre-programmed him to make yourself small. Mm-hmm. He, he went into survival mode. Sure. Right. And our survival skills, um, we know from the study of mental health and psychology, our survival skills that we, um, learn as very young children, uh, stick with us. They are, they are hardwired in our brain. And so when you're backed into a corner, when, you know, when you get into fight, flight, freeze or, or, mm-hmm. or fawn, you I mean, it's just survival skills. And so the way that he reacted is 100% survival skill, Mm-hmm. Um, and someone should have taken care of him.
0: Well, here's the thing. Um, I've heard him in lengthy interviews talking about growing up and being bullied mm-hmm. um, and that has been a common occurrence throughout his life. In and, fact, he was sucker punched on the set of Saturday Night Live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When he was a, a castmate there. This guy has been bullied right. from school. The show Everybody Hates Chris is about him growing up and getting bullied at school right it's right. it's right it's biographical autobiographical right? Right. right even though it's funny here's what i think i think his defense mechanism is humor I think well, sure. that's why he's such a sharp comedian, because mm-hmm. he has honed the anger and the fear and right. and made something positive out of it. Right. So the fact that he was able to keep going in the moment and have a couple of great ad-libbed quips like greatest night in the history of television right. is because that's his defense mechanism.
1: Well, when you have trauma mm-hmm. in, in your past, as a tra- I, I say all the time that the reason that i can do some of the things i can do is because i i literally because of my trauma right like trauma splitting right now mm-hmm. so i don't have to be here like i can literally separate out in my head right. and and go someplace else in my brain really helpful in some situations but it's because of that so
0: and it sounds to me awful yeah it is the <laughs> fact that you have the fact that you have that skill sound well, awful to me. It I mean me nobody
1: sad. nobody wants it, but um you know that's the reality of life and and you can use what has happened to you to um to your benefit or not. And I choose to try as much as I can use it to my benefit. Sure. Um but you know in, in and there were people another um, thing that came out that was really irritating to me is the people who said, well he was standing up. Will Smith was standing up for his wife. And listen, the moment that I need you to jump out of your seat and hit somebody (laughs) on my behalf is going to happen after I'm dead. Right. Because never while I'm alive do I need that. You know, Ever. I
0: I read a really interesting uh, article by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, of all people, talking about how Will Smith's behavior Mm -hmm. uh, gave... Uh, a voice to angry white people who say black men can't control their emotions. And I thought that was a really powerful thing. He also went on to say in his article that Will Smith claiming to need to defend women infantilizes them and makes them victims. It doesn't help them and make them more powerful. It makes them victims.
1: That is exactly right.
0: And, you know, that is
1: to my point. That is
0: something that I would never think about. Mm-hmm. Right? You say something about my wife, I might lose my temper, I might slap you. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. If it's on national TV, mm-hmm. now we have 15 million viewers who are witnesses right. to it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if you were, I, the, I put this on Facebook the next morning. If you're in a comedy club, let's say we go down to Joker's Comedy Club in Richland, Washington at the bowling alley on a Thursday night for comedy night.
1: Have done it.
0: Super excited. (laughs) We're sitting in the front row. The guy gets on stage, just some comedian that they brought in, maybe Mm -hmm. from Seattle, and starts picking on you.
1: That has happened to me, but it was a female comedian.
0: If I jump out of my Mm -hmm. seat and smack the comedian, Mm. security's going to wrestle me to the ground. As they should. And hold me there until the police show up and take me to jail. That is right. a fact. That's right. going to happen. Right. What kind of message did the Oscars set and send by doing nothing? Right. And the conflicting reports out of there have mm. been ridiculous. Like they asked him to leave. Well, the producer of the Academy Awards said they didn't ask him to leave because Chris Rock said, "No, no. I don't want to escalate this." The police came. The police said, "Mr. Rock, it's battery. We are prepared right now to go arrest Will Smith and take him out of here. And and Chris Rock was like, no, 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 no. By all accounts, he was like, no, 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 okay, no, no. Okay,
1: but to be fair, he had a job to do.
0: Mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. a job
1: to do, right? And mm-hmm. so when you have a job to do... you. Listen, his game face is on. Right. He, he didn't even have space or energy or the, the mental capacity to deal with that. Right. which is why they needed people in authority to deal with it. Right, you know. So let's let's bring this back to what we do: the workplace and mm-hmm. work and relationships. That's with great, clients. That's that's the
0: moral of this story. So yeah, good.
1: yeah. So I've definitely been abused by clients. Okay. And maybe not physically slapped, but I've been screamed at and and coworkers.
0: I've been screamed at by a couple clients in my career as well.
1: You know, and and um you know, some of the people that I work with mm-hmm. that are peers in the industry, I've mm-hmm. been screamed down and called everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've uh, how do you handle abusive situations? When they are your client or when they are your customer.
0: Okay. That's and, a question. And you know what? Maybe that's what Chris Rock was doing because he was there representing the Academy Awards. No, no. I don't want to mess this up and make it a worse night.
1: Well, let me ask you this. If you've ever been in that situation, what have you done? I, I know what I've done.
0: Well, the last time I was screamed at by a client, She was doing a uh, a state bond loan, Mm -hmm. and the state of Washington took an extra 24 hours to close her deal, right? Mm -hmm. They can't start the paperwork on the state's end until our deal has final approval. We got final approval, but instead of it coming out the next day, it was like two or three days later.
1: So this was a client you're lending?
0: Yes, and this was, I would say, seven or eight years ago. Anyway, this girl who was doing the loan called me and screamed me down. And I listened. I just listened. Mm -hmm. And yelled and yelled and yelled and yelled about how inconvenient it was and how terrible it was. And I just listened and listened and listened. And then she dropped an F-bomb. And right then the little fuse in the back of my neck went off. You know, that's happened before. And I said, let me stop you right there. I have no problem listening to you and commiserating with you over... The inconvenience. I fully am with you. It's Mm -hmm. inconvenient that the state's stuff wasn't ready. This
1: sucks. I get it. I
0: fully get it. And I wish you had an easier loan so that it would have, you know, not come to the last three days of the transaction when we're finally able to sign off on it so the state can take their turn and do their thing, right? They're much quicker at the state, by the way. Now, if you do it, same day, they do their Mm -hmm. thing. But this was years ago, right? So... When she dropped the F-bomb, I said to her, you know what, I've listened to you and I'm, I am I agree with everything you've said, but now that you've made this personal and you said some hurtful things to me, I would love to, instead of closing your loan... Tomorrow, when we can, I would love to cancel your loan right now and walk it to the lender of your choice because she dumped another lender for me. So, you know, maybe we'll take it back to that first lender. Mm-hmm. And that calmed her right down. And she got off the phone. Um, and her realtor called me about three minutes later and begged me to keep moving forward with the deal, which I. You know, I didn't even consider it until she started calling me bad words and saying mean stuff.
1: Right, right.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't mind the two and a half minute tirade that I got about her inconvenience. But as soon as she started cussing personally and personally
1: attacking, yeah.
0: absolutely that yeah. the, to me, there's no place for that. Right. So I, I very rarely have a sense of injustice that I've got to correct. Mm-hmm. That was one of those moments. And I've had a few of those in my life, yeah. But never to jump out of a chair and go slap a person.
1: No, and I mean, okay. So how do you handle it when a client's being abusive to you? I guess each person has to answer that for themselves. Right. right. And your answer was fire them.
0: Yep, I fired her as a client. That's exactly what I did. Um,
1: and i've I've got lots of examples. Uh, mine are much fresher than yours, um, but. Uh, one time, and and this actually is probably the most common way that I handle this, um, I don't get a lot of clients that get really upset with me because I try to manage their emotions up front sure. and do a pretty good job of it. But, you know, stuff goes sideways, right? Paint the pain. Yeah. And, there, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. And so um, I've had clients over the phone screaming, mm-hmm. I mean, losing mm-hmm. their minds at me. I was just quiet, let them say everything they needed to say, mm-hmm. and... Once they stopped screaming and it just kind of died down and there was silence, I said, okay. Uh, And they put me on speakerphone so they could both yell at me at the same time. Awesome. Uh, I said, okay, do you guys feel better? Now, and they were like, "Well, well, I don't know. I don't feel better. Okay, what can we do to make you feel better about the situation? And what I mean by that is, Let's look at the circumstances that we have. Mm -hmm. Here's what we know for sure. Mm -hmm. We know this, we know this, we know this. Mm -hmm. Now, here are the stories that you're telling yourself that we don't know to be true. Right. You're telling yourself... Blah, 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 Can we
0: be more specific just so it has some context? Was this a real estate client? Yeah, so this
1: was a real estate client. And what cli- what people love to do, realtors like to do this too, is make the other side of the transaction the enemy. Okay, And that's what these clients were doing. Okay. Well, they were sellers. Well, these buyers this and these buyers that, and they just don't have the money or they're just dragging their feet and they've changed their mind. We didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm none of it right here's what we do know there was some kind of little hiccup in their loan in the very end and it they delayed it. they need to um extend their you know we, we need an extension of yeah. closing for a couple of days and
0: you don't ask for an extension unless you need it that's right. not a thing people right. do to delay
1: So I guess for me, letting them be really emotional Mm -hmm. and then walking them from their emotions to logic Mm -hmm. is how I often will handle it.
0: Well, and you're good at that because of your trauma splitting. You're great at listening. I'm right out of
1: it emotionally.
0: And not, yeah, yeah, you don't have an emotional reaction. I can't be yelled at like that and not have an emotional reaction it's very it's rarely ever happened in my life
1: now i don't always now the time the very first time that another realtor screamed me down threatened to take my license told me he was going to ruin my career Mm -hmm. etc and i was a new baby realtor i was about five months old in the business right and i said to him i think this has escalated beyond my capability Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and hang up. I'm going to call my designated broker.
0: And have him reach out.
1: And I hung up the phone and I called my designated broker and shout out to my first DB, Jeff Thompson, because he said, I'm sobbing in a parking lot in the snow, standing in the snow, supposed to go into a restaurant to my daughter's birthday, standing outside, sobbing, the tears freezing to my little cheeks. And because it was January. (laughs) And he said, Londa, it's going to be okay. I'm going to handle this. Tell me the situation. I told him. He said, contractually, you are correct. What is his phone number? I'll call him and we'll just have a conversation. Perfect. So he called and and everything worked out. And the next morning, the realtor called me and apologized. But so sometimes you have to call in somebody else. Sure. Sure. So well and
0: and you were a baby realtor, you were brand new. So you didn't know for sure you thought you did the right thing, but I
1: knew for damn sure I was right contractually. Okay. I okay. absolutely knew that and I told him that in the course of the conversation.
0: Then what made it so emotional for you?
1: Um Something, he he must have said something that emotionally triggered me and I wasn't able to step out of my emotions, but got fully engulfed. And you know, because you're married to me, yes. that once I get fully engulfed, it can take hours for I me really, to come and, out and, of and it. And
0: frankly, I really love that time because your eyes look great when you cry.
1: You're so. mean. <laughs> um, and then and then one other situation I want to discuss is I have been bullied in the, in the office. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, oh, I just said, mm-hmm, like, that's not shocking. That is shocking. I would like you to rewind the tape mm-hmm. and start from, I have been bullied in the office.
1: Right. Go. Well, when you and I got married, oh, right. there was some upheaval in my office and I was bullied terribly. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was not, I mean, it, it I think I thought about it talking about the will smith chris rock thing because mm-hmm. when i said chris was responding in um uh i don't know what word i want to use
0: esperanto
1: <laughs> no but like <laughs> like uh, in in survival skill yeah, right? like he, he was, was in, in survival mode mm-hmm. and the authorities on site should have stepped in and done the right thing. Right. So I feel like when I was bullied in the workplace, the authorities should have stepped in and done the right thing. Instead, what happened is they tried to make everybody in the situation happy so that nobody would be upset. Nobody would leave. Nobody would get, and you know what it did? It made everybody just feel icky. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody felt like it was resolved. Well, it or sounds, satisfied. It sounds
0: to me like that's exactly what happened with the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris- which is
1: why I wanted to bring it up. And I and you know I had to stay there and I had to work with those people and I w- it was very uncomfortable. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. And I just you know you have depending on the situation you have to handle it a little bit differently, but um, it's not okay. It's not okay. And you know my hi- my kids hated when they you know got bullied or whatever at school mm-hmm. because I was the mom who immediately went and told someone. Sure. You, you just, you just don't treat people that way. And, and while we are in a place where we're talking in the world, where we're talking so much more about mental health mm-hmm. and kindness and the way that we treat people and how it affects us and, and whatever, at the same time, people are, people are just mean, right? So, I don't know how those two are running parallel. But they are. But they sure are. And I, I don't care for it at all. I like, you know, we, we believe there's always room for kindness.
0: See that? And to me, uh, I don't think there is room to be unkind ever. I right. think you always need to lead with kindness, no matter what. And that for me, I think is a survival skill that I learned when I was little because I moved every six months of my life. So Mm -hmm. I had to be friendly and make friends fast. I had to be good at that. So I can fully relate to how Chris Rock handled himself after being slapped in the face. He went right into let's go to work Mm -hmm. and he was at work mode. He made a joke about it. He moved on and then he did his you know, he presented right. his Oscar. You know, right. so I,
1: I think. Oh, I just I get that. I get that, and I think it was because it was a big stage. But we've got to make it okay to speak up. Well, we here, really do. But I'm, here's I'm, the
0: thing: they should not have left that decision to him.
1: Exactly. That's, that's that is what I'm not. Saying.
0: If you are the victim of something, you should not be the one who dirt. At the scene makes the decision. Let
1: me play devil's advocate. Yes. Because I just thought of this. Okay. Was Jada the victim and Will Smith was just simply protecting her?
0: Well, here's the thing. I, I love seeing these people uh, posting things that Chris Rock was inappropriate for making fun of her illness. Oh, for it's not like she had multiple sclerosis and he was picking on the wheelchair. You know what I mean? Yeah, and She has so. alopecia. He's not her doctor. So to presume that he listens to all of her social media stuff and her red table talks and that he <laughs> knows she's suffering from a condition is a huge leap of faith. I mean, a gigantic well, leap of self-important. faith. Well, it's self important. If he was the doctor who treated her and diagnosed her with alopecia, that joke about G.I. Jane would have been inappropriate. You make
1: jokes. A comedian makes jokes about what they see. Right. When when I went to that that comedy night and the comedian on the stage was picking on me and made fun of me, and, I mean, she made, I don't know, four or five jokes and references to me until I finally put – I put a stop to it, mm-hmm. and Did, I didn't jump on the stage and, and slap, slap her. her. No, but I I one upped her at one point, mm-hmm. and and it was awful. And it was about the way I looked. She was heavy. She was making fun of me being skinny. Right. And I mean, joke after joke after joke, and right. she said something about no wonder your husband left you. And because because somehow in the, you know, the back and forth. Some something about divorce came up, you know, or whatever. Oh, she asked if I was with the guy that was next to me. Mm-hmm. Is no, 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 he's a coworker. I'm single, or I'm divorced. I think is what I said.
0: I got gotcha. you. And
1: uh, and then she said, "Yeah, you're, no wonder your husband left you." And I stood up and said, "I left him. Thank you."
0: And, and she, she shut it right her down. Looked her dead
1: in the eye. Sat back down, and she got. Right off it, you did
0: you, you mean you didn't yell, "Get my effing name out of your effing mouth"? No, Nothing like that. I you didn't do think, anything like that. You know,
1: and we've been in a situation um, with someone, <laughs> someone in the industry who, you know, we were having lunch with, and they made some inappropriate comments to me, and and you didn't have to jump in. No, I shut that right down. You
0: did, and that's the thing. And if I. Did speak for you? I'd be some kind of weird chauvinist wacko. It's not my job to speak for you. Yeah. If you need my if I help, reach,
1: if I if I need you and let you know that I need you, that's different.
0: That is different, and that's when I jump into action. And
1: frankly, I think that Will and Jada Smith are just in a super weird place in their relationship. They are. I think we can all agree on that.
0: <laughs>
1: so and I they don't weren't know. sitting
0: side by side. They were catty corner. I mean, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen.
1: What I do know is it's not okay. It's not okay to treat people that way, and so let's just do better as a human race, shall we? And the moral
0: of the story is if you are disgruntled while at work, do not slap a coworker because right. essentially that's what happened right. at the Oscars. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it's ridiculous when they uh report on well, Sean Diddy Combs says they've made amends. That's ridiculous. That kind of thing is stupid. Unless you're talking to the people involved, you don't know. And mm-hmm. why would you presume to know? Oh,
1: that is a really, really good point. And I, and I want to make this point uh, about social media as yes. well. You know, it's the highlights, right? right? It's the highlight reel. You posted a picture recently of us by the pool. Yes, um, and and
0: you're there in your bikini behind me. Well,
1: I am, and thank God you've at least started asking me. Can I post this? Um, and so,
0: <laughs> o- I'm not, only the tasteful listen, news. Hon, I'm only not, the tasteful ones.
1: I'm not confident <laughs> uh, about my body, but anyway, it gets out there. So it is what it is, right? It's and spectacular. So, but but what's hilarious about that is it looks like paradise. But what <laughs> but what people. It, it is paradise. It is paradise. What people don't know is that just a few minutes after we took that picture, one of we the, almost burned our house to the, the ground. One of the palm
0: trees burst into flames. That's true,
1: y'all. What a we, crazy deal. We um don't keep the outdoor lights on all the time. We hadn't turned them back on since we got back in town, and right. so um you asked me to go out and turn them on, and I, I flipped it to on to make sure the little light came on, and then I flip it over to the dusk dawn setting right right and we've got lights all over the backyard around the trees it's beautiful oh man they did such a good job and a couple of them are like rope lights that wrap up around Mm -hmm. the palm trees right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so i and then you said to me are you sure it was on so i flipped it over to on again just to make sure yeah yeah the light came on and then i put it on dawn dusk and we're standing there and i go i smelled something and i looked up and i said David, the palm tree's on fire. Go get the hose. (laughs) Our palm tree had burst into flames. Yes.
0: And, you know, it is, we are coming off of kind of a dry season. Winter in Louisiana, not a ton of rain. We've gotten some recent rain. Oh, my gosh. But a lot of the palm trees are pretty dry right now. Well,
1: that one apparently was. And that one. The rope light shorted, yeah, at the very end of it. Anyway, the other thing that we didn't. (laughs) We didn't mention in that post is how I tried to drown a baby bird today, accidentally.
0: Well, again, the, the those two things happened after the post. Yeah. So, oh so Londa's watering plants in our backyard, and it is a sanctuary. It's beautiful. It is.
1: It's lovely. And
0: she puts the hose into one of the hanging pots. Yeah. And here's.
1: No, I didn't hear anything. I saw a movement and I pulled the hose back out and realized a bird has built a nest back in there. And I was legitimately putting the hose into the nest. So
0: you were waterboarding that brand new I, baby bird that was poking out of an egg. You waterlogged the eggs, one of the birds was being waterboarded.
1: I feel so terrible. But, but I checked on it later, and it was still moving and, and lifting its little beak up and right. out of the water. No, I don't know. It w- it was horrible. But It looked like is, the Titanic.
0: It did. I looked is, in there.
1: You do not know <laughs> what someone's life is. I thought of this today. Social media is sort of like um, as if someone invited you over to their house, mm-hmm. and they opened up an album. Now, kids... For those of you who don't know, we used to print our pictures. We would take film and and put it in a camera, and
0: put these into and we books. would take
1: we would take photos with the camera. Right, then we'd, then we'd take the film to a, a place where they'd develop the film and give us give us paper. Often pictures. the drugstore,
0: yes, often the drugstore. Yeah, yeah. Then
1: it became Costco. Right, anyway. Um, and so and then,
0: and then we get these notebooks, like three-ring binders books, right. and, and put the put pictures the in, in there them. and cover them with a, a clear film so they're protected.
1: Right. But: photo when, album. You went, when you went on vacation, you took a handful of photos right. that ended up in the photo album, and it was the, only the highlights of the vacation. Sure. And people have to remember the things on social media are only the highlights.
0: That's genius. I like that, because nobody's putting, had a bad tummy today, ate some tacos that didn't agree with me.
1: We don't need to talk about my lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that that's... That's what makes authenticity so appealing. Right. When somebody is really real and authentic, uh, it's very appealing.
0: But when people are real and authentic in social media, they often get criticized. Here's what I mean. Two Christmases ago, at a party, you were a little overpeopled, so you went into the restroom and you faked a picture sitting on the toilet talking about being stressed out okay, in, yeah. and some... Karen, some wackadoodle, a uh, was immediately critical of you. Like, your children must be so disappointed in how, you, how you're uh, acting.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, um, yeah, I was at an event. I get a little social anxiety sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. went into the bathroom, not to use the bathroom, but just to have a moment. To
0: decompress.
1: <sighs> to breathe, mm-hmm. kind of center. I took my shoes off. I centered, no, I grounded myself. No, sure. I didn't. But... And yeah, while I was in there, I you thought you drowned a bird. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> so I faked a photo looked, and it looked a little bit like I was sitting on the toilet, right. but I wasn't. Yeah, and uh, and basically, I made a post about mental health, right? And social anxiety, and are you like me? And that those are the ways that I like to be vulnerable with mm-hmm. with people. Sure. Um. And yeah, someone private messaged me and and told me I should be ashamed and I embarrassed my children and all kinds of things, but, um. It was another realtor, and we're notorious for drinking at night. So I I didn't really put a lot of stock into it. But again, you know, you just, it's, it's a sneak peek. It's not, you know, people think whatever they think about our lives, but they don't, they're they not living our lives. I'm not living your life. Right. You don't see everything behind the curtain, right. which is another reason why kindness is always appropriate.
0: Well, and, you know, I talking about um, uh, social media and how people have a lot of presumptions, I've been asked in the last six months if we're millionaires multiple times. And no, we're hundreds sure. of thousands there, so sure. We're not millionaires. Could, sure. Why not? Right, but because people see that we sold a vacation house, bought a new vacation house. Now it looks like we're transitioning to this vacation house full time, which which we are. We are.
1: Well, I mean, if I if I did the math, maybe the assets and the oh yeah R1 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But the-
0: uh, but what's what's in cash? <laughs> no. So the answer is um, my. Social media presentation is really just my life. Yeah. And I take pictures and put them on Facebook when I'm super happy. Yes, Like, you do. like today by the pool. Yeah. What an awesome... Awesome afternoon, 75 degrees, sunny. You like
1: to celebrate your life.
0: The water was nice and yeah. cool. we just gotten our keys to the new Envoy office in Lafayette. I mean, no reason not to commemorate the day. Right. So that's what I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get what you're saying, that mm-hmm. it's only the highlights. That does make sense. Yeah. But for me personally, it's... <sighs> I post something when... I am so pleased. I need everybody to know how pleased I am.
1: Right. You post to celebrate. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep.
0: So there you go. And I
1: think I probably post um, mostly to connect.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I,
1: I want to connect with someone. I want this, whatever I'm saying, whatever I'm sharing to land with someone. Okay. And connect with them. Okay. On a, Deeper kind of level. Sure. Yeah.
0: And for me, you know, you talk about, you take these social media classes, at least I've seen them in the last three years. I've taken them. And they talk about branding and Mm -hmm. having your personal brand be representative of what you want the world to know about you. And for me the celebratory happy lifestyle yeah. that I have is absolutely on brand for me because <laughs> right. I am that guy. Right. So for me, when I post those things, I'm supporting the brand. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And we just share our lives, and if anyone wants to know more, they can ask.
0: They can ask they can. us questions Speaking offline. Of a question. Yes, I, that's a big market segue, hon. Go Is ahead. Is it? Go ahead.
1: Are you so proud of Speaking me? Speaking
0: of asking questions.
1: The question <laughs> of the podcast. What's the most creative thing you've ever done to get business? Keep it PG. Just in case. I don't know. Sometimes you go off the rails.
0: There's been some light yoga and tantric um, body motions that have helped me to get business, but we're not going to talk about that. We're keeping this family friendly. (laughs) 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 You know, I don't know what the most creative thing I've ever done to get business is. I grew up in a creative industry. I grew up in radio, so... (sighs) I, that's a great question.
1: I think when you, you've told me some stories about when you were in radio and Mm -hmm. how you would, you would, uh, write up a spot.
0: Oh, no, no, no. I didn't write up spots. No, no. You, okay. Okay. So I'll tell you a story.
1: All right, here we go.
0: I went to. Gather
1: round children. I went to Harley
0: Davidson of Baton Rouge. I'm going to say 20 years ago. Rebecca Breeding.
1: 2022.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) Rebecca Breeding had just hired me to be a radio salesperson. I'd been an on air guy my whole career. And she was like, Hey David, you're a sales guy. And I'm like, I don't know. So what I did when I called on people was I would use my knowledge of how to make a commercial. Mm -hmm. To sell the commercial. So when I went in to see people, I'd do a needs analysis. I'd talk to them about their stuff. Well, I went into Harley-Davidson of Baton Rouge, and Mary was their media buyer. And our radio stations had never gotten money from Harley-Davidson because they just weren't the stations that fit the model to them, right? So it was a tough sell, which is why the then sales manager, Greg Benefield, Gave me that account because he did not think I'd be successful, so I went there and uh, you know. And there's a lot that goes into that. He's a good guy, so I don't want to speak ill of him. But he saw me come in as a manager from a network come into their sales organization. He thought I was trying to take his job. Which I
1: just assumed you were the you know low man on the totem pole. I was
0: the low man on the totem pole. So anyway, I went into this Harley Davidson shop, and they had a good budget for media, so it was an easy uh, appointment for me because Mm -hmm. I'm there to take money and help you with your problems. So we're sitting there and she's talking to me about the stations and I'm, you know, talking back about the stations, but I'm really interested in what goes on here at Harley Davidson and what, what hurts and how do I make it feel better? And she says, you know, I haven't decided how we're going to do our Harley Davidson bike nights. And I said, let me stop you right there tell me more. What is the Harley Davidson bike night? And it was coming up on the 100th anniversary of Harley Davidson. So they had good budget to spend. And she says, well, we do this thing where we have the bikers come in and we have hot dogs and a DJ for the kids and blah, 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 blah. blah." And I said, you know, that is a radio remote right there. We for sure need to do that. And she's like, well, I don't know how it would sound. I don't. Yeah, I, I just don't know. And I said, do you have a flyer?" And she said, "Yeah." And I took off my watch and handed it to her and I said, "When the when the arm hits the 12 point to me and I'll tell you exactly how your spot's going to sound." And so I did a live remote broadcast spot right, right there in her office and that ended up being a, you know, $35,000 account for me. Yeah. So that was creative, right?
1: Absolutely. But to me, the average person can't do that. And I think you underestimate the brilliance of what happened right
0: there. Right. But see, to me, the, it was like shooting fish in a barrel because right. I was the talent that the salespeople used to come to right. and say, hey, how do I make this spot sound? What do I do? That makes a lot so of sense. So I had 12 years to learn what to do. So when I was calling on her, I knew most salespeople. Take the information they've gleaned from the client back to the station and put together a spec spot mm-hmm. and bring it back. So they need to bring in a third party. Right. Well, bad news for them: people are never more excited than they are at the point of sale. Right. So if you have to leave and come back, they've right. lost excitement. Right. So it, yeah, for me, it was like shooting fish in a barrel because I knew how to do the spot. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's my answer, I suppose.
1: There you go, and i'm I'm not uh, I don't know i I don't think of myself as terribly creative, but but you then are. I remember I, I kind of am the most but I think one thing that this is really easy. I'm going to use this as an example because people c- who are listening can take it and put it into practice right now. Mm-hmm. The best thing and most creative thing I've ever done in business is ask for help, right just ask for people's help. You need to figure out how to do something. Ask ask to practice with them. Whatever your industry is, you've got a pitch that you have to make. Right. So, ask people that you know if you can make that pitch with them as practice. Great. That that really will help you work out a lot of a lot of bugs.
0: That that absolutely will help. And it's very creative. And yeah. you've written scripting for that. And mm-hmm. you've been successful helping other people do that.
1: Yes, so very. Th- actually, one of my favorite things to do um, when I'm coaching one-on-one, which I know that I won't be able to do that forever because you just get too busy. But um, but uh, coaching one-on-one and the person brings in uh, a um, a list of the people that are people or, or whatever that are in their pipeline right you know, mm-hmm. and I one by one find out where they are and then help them script to get them from where they are to the next step
0: that's awesome and getting
1: those reports back from people sure. oh my gosh so fun love it
0: <laughs> I love that you're great at it hon and you. you know what this has been a good episode for me because we've talked about a lot of stuff we talked about Chris Rock and Will Smith We talked about workplace safety. Mm -hmm. You don't go slapping people on the job. You just don't do it.
1: Right. Um, We talked about trying to burn our house down accidentally.
0: Absolutely. We've we've talked about it all. So there you have it. And there it is. My name's David Austin for Londa Sherwood Austin. And this has been the session with Londa and David brought to you by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. Call Londa today if your business needs a boost. Her number is 509-509. 491-2663 that number again 509-491-2663 can't wait to talk to you again next week